Good morning. Well, good morning. All right, that's a little better. I'm always uh, interested to see how you respond uh, and uh, glad that you're responding with some good voice this morning. We're in this little series called Renew, and Renew is uh, just kind of what it says, right? It's about being renewed, and everybody here understands the importance of renewal, because if I were to sit down and talk to you and visit with you, one of the things, if you were honest, that you would say about yourself is, I need renewal in my life, and not just once in a while, but every single day. I want renewed. I want to be renewed, and that's really part of the focus of the new year, right? Uh, you get uh, Christmas, and then you jump over to New Year's, and the New Year's, everybody's doing New Year's resolutions, and that's about being renewed. I was uh, interested I, on my Instagram feed. I saw a friend who uh, wrote, uh, I've, I've made a New Year's resolution that I'm going to read more this year. I've decided I'm going to turn on my closed captioning on my TV. <laughs> I thought that was a unique way of maybe get a little more reading. I don't know if that's really the the right idea behind that, but uh, you get it, right? We want to be renewed, and uh, as we begin the year together, it's about being renewed in the spirit and power of God. Last week, I talked to you about renewal in the space of understanding that we're supposed to be worshiping God every single day, and, and this little series, this three parts, is really intended to help us think about s- some of our priorities for this year, for 2020, and one of those has got to be about worshiping God every single day. It's not a Sunday thing. It's an everyday thing. And so today, we're going to jump into another subject, and this subject has to do with part two of this series, and it's about forgiveness. Let's think about what the Bible says about this renewal and this fresh start. In Romans 5 it says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And what that says is, right, God knows who you are. God knows who I am. From the very beginning, God knows about you and me, and God knows that we are sinners. We are separated. We are broken before God. And while we were sinners, God loved us anyway. What an amazing gift. He purchased our forgiveness, Jesus did, by dying on the cross because by doing that, he restores us into right relationship with God. 1 John 1, 9 says it this way. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Now, who in this room doesn't want to be purified from all unrighteousness? Right? We would say, boy, I absolutely want to be purified from all unrighteousness. And it says that by forgiving confessing our sins, God is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins. Do you remember what Jesus did on the last night before he was betrayed? The Last Supper, we refer to it, right? And he's gathered with his friends for that Passover meal, and he breaks the bread, and he gives it to them saying, this is my body broken for you. And then he takes the cup, and he blesses the cup, and then he gives it to them, and he says, this is the cup of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for The forgiveness of sin, Jesus said. I'm doing this because I want you to experience forgiveness from sin. This being renewed, this getting new life, this being renewed every single day has everything to do with Jesus being Lord of your life. And when I say being Lord of your life, what I mean is 
that you have opened your heart and invited Jesus to be the Lord of your life. And when you do that, what you're doing is you're receiving the forgiveness of God. That when God looks upon you, God sees nothing but the beauty of your life because the blood of Jesus covers your sin. So I want to begin this morning by inviting you to ask yourself the question, have I done this? Have I opened my heart to invite Jesus in to make him Lord of my life so that I could receive the forgiveness that God wants for me? If you've not done that before today, I encourage you to make that choice today. It's a choice. You have to decide. What am I going to do with my life? How am I going to respond to God's movement in my life? You have to be able to invite Jesus in. If you've not done that before today, nothing else that I say really matters much unless you are a follower of Jesus. So I invite you, I encourage you today, even though you may not know exactly all that it entails, it's really a very simple thing. It's saying, God, I want to get myself off of the seat of of the front of my life, and I want to put you in the driver's seat. And if you would do that today, you would begin a journey unlike any other. Because as I mentioned When we do that, God, when he looks at us, he doesn't see our sin. He forgives us of our sin when we ask Jesus in. But the problem with us is, is that we struggle with our past. We often don't uh, have uh, a solution to the challenges of the past. We struggle with this issue of forgiveness. We carry baggage around with us because of it. So I want to ask you this morning as I begin to think about What kind of control your past has on your today? Ask yourself the question, what kind of control does my past have on my today? And and please don't treat it as just some flippant kind of comment. I really seriously want you to ask yourself that question. What kind of control does my past have on my today? Something you said or did to somebody else that you should ask forgiveness for or something that somebody else did or said to you that they need to ask forgiveness for. When those things go unresolved, it, it causes chaos in our lives. It causes all kinds of challenges for us. And one of the challenges that we have is that our past is our past. What's done is done. You can't go back and and, and stop from doing what you did or stop from saying what you said. It's already in the past. There's only one thing that you have control over regarding your past, and that one thing is forgiveness. And there are two aspects of forgiveness that I want to talk to you about today. And the first aspect has to do with forgiveness regarding something you did or something someone else did or said to you or something you did or said to somebody else. And Let's think for a moment about what Jesus says about forgiveness. When Jesus taught his friends how to pray, a lot of you are aware of that, right? We've, you've heard about the Lord's Prayer, right? In that prayer that Jesus taught his friends, when he said, this is how you should pray, one of the things that Jesus said was, forgive me my sin as I forgive those who sin against me. And I just want to throw it out there for you that they very often when we pray the Lord's Prayer, we're like, wow, that is so great that God forgives me of my sin, but we kind of just let the rest of it go off on our tongue because we don't really take it very seriously sometimes about as I forgive the sin that somebody has done against me. And what Jesus does when he teaches us that way is he, he ties together this issue of forgiveness uh, 
with our ability to receive forgiveness from God. In Matthew 6, verses 14 and 15, Jesus says, If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. How great is that? If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. Verse 15 says, But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. I don't know how to get around that. I don't know how to, to get away from that. Jesus makes it very, very clear that unless you and I forgive other people, God won't forgive you. It's that strong. It's very clear. Jesus doesn't just say it once. The Bible doesn't just say it once. It says it also over in Matthew 18 and Mark 11 and Luke 6 and Luke 11 and John 20. Again and again and again, the Bible says to us, God expects you to forgive just as God has forgiven you. And why does he say it so strongly? Because God understands that this issue of forgiveness and lack of forgiveness has everything to do with living a fulfilled life. I told you last week when we talked about worship that one of the things that God wants to do is want, God wants to allow the beauty of your life to bubble up and to be shown. And part of the reason this is such a strong issue in the Bible and for Jesus is because that beauty cannot bubble up unless you're forgiven and unless you are forgiving of other people as well. God says, I don't want you to have a double standard. God doesn't want us to say, God, have mercy on me. I'm a sinner. I'm sorry for what I've done. And oh, by the way, I want you to rain fire on that guy down the hall from me that I hate so much. It, God says, you can't live with that kind of a double standard. You cannot live and have the fulfilled life that God wants for you unless you are forgiving as well. So when you're having trouble with this issue of forgiveness, one of the things that we need to do is we, we need to think about and ponder what it means that we've been forgiven. Have you done that at all lately? Actually pondered, thought about what it means that God has forgiven you of your sins? One of the things that we must do when we're struggling with forgiveness issues on our own lives is begin to reflect on how much God loves me, how much God has forgiven of me and my life. Now, some of you I know are thinking, because that's part of human nature, some of you are thinking, well, that's all well and good, Frank, but you don't know about that thing that that person did to me. How can I forgive them for that? My wife had an affair with my best friend. My business partner stole a bunch of money from me. Oh, the list is long about places where you have been offended. And part of what the Bible says to us is, look, you got to deal with that if you really want to have the fulfilled life that you so desperately want. Or maybe even some of you are sitting there thinking, well, th that's all penis compared to what I've dealt with, Frank, because I was abused when I was a child. And how in the world am I going to ever forgive that person for that? And, and I, I mean no disrespect to anybody who is dealing with some hard issue from the past. Please don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that it is easy or that it is simple to do those kinds of things, but I am saying to you, because that's what the Bible says to us, you and I have to be in the business of seeking forgiveness to give it away because we've been given the forgiveness of God. Sometimes the pain is incredibly deep. 
The wounds are so hard. There's bitterness. There's anger. There's all this hurt that comes from things that people have done. And it boils down to a simple choice on your part. Am I going to choose to allow God's forgiveness to begin to allow me to forgive somebody else or, and then begin to move on with my life? Or am I going to choose to wallow in my pain? The, as the old saying goes, I'm sure you've heard it before, it's a choice for us whether or not we want to become better or if we're going to remain bitter. How about you? You going to choose to get better or are you going to choose to remain bitter? I know of a man who is in his late 60s. I know him very well. Uh, and one of the things that I know about this man is that he has uh, blamed his mom and his dad his entire life for the reason that his life is a wreck. His entire life. He's in his late 60s. This happened, these things happened to him when he was 15 or 16 and has used that, uh, those unfortunate circumstances in his life to constantly say, well, I, I, I don't have to take responsibility for me because I got screwed up when I was 15 or 16. And it's, it's just so incredibly sad that people would live their whole lives that way because this man that I know is, 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 a, is a wonderful man. He's got a loving heart, but he's got this bitterness that he carries around with him all the time. It's like a big chip on his shoulder. And it doesn't take long to see that chip. And it's because he has refused to be forgiving. The only way for any of us to move forward is to bring God into the equation and to ask God to begin to help us Learn how to forgive. Remember last week when I was talking about worship, one of the things that I talked to you about is that, that the reason we worship, one of the reasons we worship is that when Jesus died on the cross, that that temple curtain, the curtain inside the temple that, that kept the Holy of Holies there, right? That was the place the priests only went into one time a year. But that curtain was torn, not just a little bit, not just partially, but all the way from top to bottom, it says. It was torn. And it's a symbol, you understand. It represents to us that what God did when Jesus died was he provided us a way to have a, a personal relationship with God. You don't have to go into the Holy of Holies. The Holy of Holies can live in you if you would just invite Jesus in. Listen to what it says in Hebrews 10. And so it says, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. What a great image, isn't it? Sprinkled with the blood, washed with Pure water. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promises. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. If you have unresolved forgiveness issues in your life, what the Hebrew writer 
tells us is there's two things that you need to do. The first one is you need to draw near to God. Like a child draws near to his mom or dad. You know, I was a kid once, and I know that when I was a kid, if something happened to me, if I, had, if I fell and scraped my knee or bunged my hand or my head or whatever, what I would do is I'd go to run to mom and dad because if I could get on their lap, everything was going to be okay. And the Hebrew writer says, look, you and I need to draw close to God. And we draw close to God by not just gathering on Sunday morning to worship, but learning to live a lifestyle of worship. We draw near to God by reading the word. It's, it's one of the things that I believe is important about this fast that I've invited you to join me with at the start of this year is, is fasting is intended to simply draw us closer to God. It's not a way for us to say, wow, look at me. What a great person I am. I'm, not, I'm nothing. But fasting is a spiritual discipline that helps draw us closer together to God. Draw near to God. The second thing that the Hebrew writer says is, look, you need to not give up meeting together as a family. And Sundays is a, is a family meeting, you understand. It's a family gathering. But there's not a lot of dialogue that happens uh, uh, in a Sunday morning experience. The dialogue needs to happen in a different setting. And that different setting has to do with being connected with other Christians in some form or fashion in some kind of life group. We have a lot of life groups around here. And if you're not in one, I want to encourage you to find a way to get connected with one. The women's ministry has got a whole display of opportunities out there, places for you to get connected, ladies. We have men's groups, Bible studies, uh, groups that meet weekly, groups that meet twice a month. Oh, I don't know. I'm just saying to you that part of what the Bible says is if we're going to really receive forgiveness of God, we've got to be connected to one another. Because when we get connected to one another, we get encouragement from one another. It's part of of what's important for us to understand. And, oh, by the way, a last thing to say about those of you that may have some kind of big hurt is to not expect yourself to get over it right now. Give yourself permission to work at it a day at a time. That's the way Jesus said we should live, right? In Matthew 6, verses 25 to 27, Jesus says, That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear? Isn't life more than food in your body, more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns. For your heavenly Father feeds them, and aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Jesus says the way that we're supposed to live is to deal with today's stuff and forget about tomorrow's stuff. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm worrying so much about tomorrow's stuff, I forget about all the stuff I got to do today. Because I'm worried about tomorrow, I'm worried about next week, or I'm worried about next month, or I'm concerned about all these other things that are, are fear-based things that are in the future that I choose to focus on and that robs me of the joy of God in my life today, right now. So if you've got a really deep hurt, I want to invite you to recognize that one of the ways that you can begin to overcome that is by asking God to help you forgive that person today. Don't worry about tomorrow or next week or next month. Just help me do it today. And then on the other side of the coin, if you've done something to somebody else that you should ask for forgiveness for, then I want to invite you to get busy and do it. To make the decision to say those two little words that are the most difficult words in the English language when we put them together, 
I'm sorry. Why is it sometimes that we have the audacity to think that my problems are so big that God wouldn't forgive me of them? I was at a prayer meeting uh, years ago dealing with some real big challenges in my own life. And the, the man who was speaking was, was just really gifted and, and really spoke in my heart. A huge church, giant room filled with people. And he was talking about how forgiveness is the key to your prayer life. I was convicted by it. And, and one of the things that he said is that you've got to be busy trying to learn how to forgive. And, and sometimes that means forgiving yourself as well. And that takes us to the second piece that I mentioned earlier. I mentioned the first piece was that, that forgiveness has to do with things that we do or say to other people. But the second piece has to do with forgiving yourself for something that you've done. Maybe it was impatience on your part that ended your marriage. Or maybe it was because you... You chose not to take the time with your kids that caused your kids to be driven away from you. And you don't have a relationship with your kids today because you didn't give them time when they were younger. Maybe, maybe you had an abortion. And ever since that day, you've had real trouble forgiving yourself for what you did. Or maybe your spouse was the one who was really encouraging you to have that abortion. And you're that spouse. And you know that that was not the right decision for your life. And you are having trouble forgiving yourself for it. You had an affair. You stole money. Well, I don't know what it is that you did. But let's be clear. This is a huge issue for many of us. We... Don't forgive ourselves. Remember, I was talking about the prayer meeting that I was at, and, and the guy was talking about this issue of forgiveness, and one of the issues was unforgiveness of ourselves. And I was really struggling with that issue. And, and at the break at lunchtime, he said, hey, if you, if you want to chat, come on down here. And everybody broke for lunch, and, and a few of us went down to the front, and I, I walked up to the guy, and I said, I have a friend who's dealing with unresolved forgiveness in his life. And, and he, he almost kind of cut me off. And he took his finger. I, didn't, I never met this guy before. And, and he took his finger and he did one of these to me. And he, and he looked me in the face and he said, how dare you? How dare you think that there is anything that you could do that God wouldn't forgive you of it if you would just ask? If you would just ask? And if there's something from your past that you're especially struggling with today, I want to challenge you to say, hey, look, how dare you? How dare you think that there's anything that you could do that God wouldn't forgive you of if you would just ask? And please understand, part of what the Bible teaches us is that this issue of unresolved forgiveness very often translates into physical maladies in our lives. In uh, Matthew chapter 9, uh, there, there's a paralyzed man that Jesus comes upon, and Jesus says, Take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. And what's the guy do? He gets up and walks. Jesus 
helps us think about and understand that there, are, there may be times in our lives where we're dealing with some kind of physical malady because of this issue of unresolved forgiveness. Unresolved forgiveness brings us to a place very often where we get depressed. Oh, I don't know about you, but there are plenty of ways that, that unresolved forgiveness can, can manifest itself in our lives. And I want to invite you today to, to recognize the power of unresolved forgiveness to keep your life down and keep you from becoming that beautiful person that God wants you to be. Bad things happen because of guilt that we carry. And I want you to understand the power of becoming free because of what God has done for you in Jesus Christ. Think about Psalm 103, beginning in verse 10. It says, He does not punish us for all our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. Tell me that isn't good news. He doesn't deal harshly with us as we deserve. For his unfailing love toward those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. Do you know how far the heavens are above the earth? Man, I, I don't know. Is it a mile? Is it two miles? Is it 10 miles? Is it 10,000 miles? Is it 6 billion miles? How far is heaven above the earth? It is, it is some kind of a chasm there that God bridged, that God came across to find you and to find me. In verse 12, it says, He has removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. Do you know how far the east is from the west? Let's see, that's west, this is east. Uh, how far apart are they? He has removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. If you respect God, if you love God, he will be tender and compassionate to you. For he knows how weak we are. He remembers we are only dust. He knows how weak we are. He remembers that we are dust. When God looks at you, when God looks at me, one of the things that God observes about you and me is, hey, look, we're just dust. And yet he loves us anyway. He sent Jesus to help us know the power of God because of God's forgiveness. So I want to invite you today to not allow this message to be just something that, that you receive today as a nice word. Frank had some good things to say. No, I, I want to wipe that stuff out, and I want to challenge you today to, to, to make sure you understand that this issue of forgiveness is something that absolutely has control over your life if you don't resolve it. And to use the, the love of God, the model of God's love, to begin to help you to deal with it. But what are you going to do? once you begin to receive the power of God in this issue of forgiveness. Maybe it's time for you to write that email to that person and say, hey, you know what, I'm really sorry for what I did. Or maybe even go old school, hand write a letter to somebody. Say, man, I really messed up. I am really sorry for what I did. Or maybe it's time for you today to pick up the phone and call that person and just say, hey, I, I, I'm really sorry for what I did. I'm sorry, would you please forgive me. Or maybe open up your Facebook page and send somebody a private message and says, hey, I, I was 
I was a donkey's rear end. I am sorry. Would you forgive me for what I have done? Write a letter. Make a phone call. Oh, maybe some of you are struggling because you're thinking to yourself, well, I'd really like to, to deal with this forgiveness issue in my life, but, but the person that, that I have the issue with is dead. How do I deal with that? You know, one of the things that I love about God is that God is timeless. Death is not an issue for God because God is as much in yesterday as much as God is in today and tomorrow. Are you with me? God is as much alive yesterday as much as he is tomorrow, and God knows how to deal with the challenges that we have. You know, one of the things that I love about God is you can say, God, I, I, I can't speak to this person, but I want to invite you, God, to receive my, my prayer of sorrow over this person's life and it, allow that to begin to heal me. Forgiveness. In 2020... I want to invite you to recognize the importance of worshiping every single day. And I want you to realize the importance of forgiveness in your life because you understand that this issue of forgiveness, if you don't deal with it, the first thing can't happen. You can't worship God. You can't love God the way you were created to love God unless you decide you're going to get busy with forgiveness. And I just got to say, for my own heart and life, I, it, it staggers my mind. I'm dust. I'm dust. God. And I've said I've said things I shouldn't have said, God. I've I've done things I shouldn't have done, God. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a miserable wreck of a human being, God. And yet, because of what you've done, man, I'm alive. Who am I? Who, who am I? That you would care about me? Really, God? Oh, man, God, I will worship you. I will worship you, God, all of my days because of what you have done for me. This is my prayer for my life, God. Who am I? the bright and morning star would choose to light the way for my ever wandering heart not because of who I am but because of what you've done not because of what I've done but because of who you are I am a flower Quickly fading here today and gone. 
vapor in the wind still you hear me when i'm calling lord you catch me when i'm falling and you've told me who look on me with love and watch me rise again who am i that the voice that calmed the sea would call out through the rain and calm the storm in me not because of who i am but because of what you've done just a flower quickly fading just a flower why would God love a little flower God we thank you and we praise you for the gift of life for the opportunity to be renewed because of Jesus Lord, we pray over every person in this room or every, and every person watching. Lord, we pray that forgiveness would rule in our lives. That we would quit using excuses for why we're not the person we know we could be. And rely on the forgiveness that you've given us in Jesus to help us be that beautiful person you created us to be. Thank you, God, for the gift of your forgiveness in Jesus. Let the church say amen and amen. Please be seated.